was easy. All 32 teams could do it, but they can't. In the NFL, you've got one champion every year, and building toward that championship is really, really specifically done and, and done in a way that we've seen before. And, and we're going to talk about that. And, and we're going to talk about the kind of person you need to find to be able to make that happen. Really interesting. And there's a great book about this that's about 30 years old. It's just wonderful. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the rookies for the Indianapolis Colts. Are they champions? Champions tend to be champions. These players for the Colts, these rookies who have to lift. Look, when you don't sign a lot of free agents, you've got to get lift from the rookies. You, you, you can't like slow play this and say, well, in three years, they're going to be fine. You need immediate lift if you're not going to sign free agents. Have the Colts done that at a level? Have they drafted at a level where they're going to get the kind of play from rookies that will lift this franchise in the near future? We'll talk about that. Indy 500 practice continues. Yesterday, Takuma Sato, Scott Dixon, both over 230. Outstanding day today. The weather is going to be absolutely perfect today. It's going to be wonderful. Uh, Kelvin Sampson is talking to the Milwaukee Bucks about their head coaching position. My God, is Carmen ever going to catch up with this reprobate? Gee whiz. You know, I, cheaters never win. Really? Kevin Sampson does nothing but win in his life. I, I just can't believe it. Um, expect the Pacers to get busy dealing prior to the draft and during the draft. They're going to be busy. Uh, they're, there's no way they stand pat at 26, 29, and 32. They're not going to. They're going to they're gonna package those, those picks or trade them piecemeal to get future picks keep their powder dry. I like that expression. Exactly. Kevin Pritchard knows how to turn over a roster and what they've got to do. We talk about building a champion. Look, this city, city of Indianapolis has had one champion all these years, almost 50 years of NBA basketball, 40 years uh, coming up on 40 seasons of NFL football, one champion. That's got to change. How does that change? We'll talk about that right now. This is Breakfast with Kent for Thursday, May 18th, 2023. Brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. Give them a call, 765-610-8809. Jared Johnson's going to fix your pipes. It's what he does. Um, hit that subscribe button. Smash that like button. Make a donation if you like and make a comment. We read all comments that come with donations because they come in a nice graphic. The, the comments come fast and furious. However, the, those that accompany a donation kind of hang on the screen and make it really easy to see and whatnot. Ah, there you are. Hello, Brian. How are you? Uh, good to see you as well. All right. Let's talk. There's a book called Super Scout. It's by Jim Russo and the great Bob Hamill. Bob Hamill, still down in Bloomington, and, and a wonderful sports writer. And this book is just absolutely awesome in describing. There are a lot of anecdotes about scouting baseball. Jim Russo was a, a scout for the St. Louis Browns and Baltimore Orioles back in the day, and there are a lot of good stories about scouting. But one of the things that really stuck with me reading this book 30 years ago 
is how the Baltimore Orioles changed and became a championship franchise after being an also-ran franchise forever. It was the perspective of the general manager and the guidance he gave to the scouts. He said, if you, if you, we're not just signing guys, we're signing champions. If you can't foresee a player being a part of a championship team, do not sign that player. And all of a sudden, the kaleidoscope through which people, scouts, saw talent changed. That bit of guidance pivoted the Baltimore Orioles into what they became with Brooks Robinson and uh, Jim Palmer and Boog Powell and Davey Johnson and all the homegrown talent. Uh, the non-homegrown talent, they, I think Dave McNally and uh, Frank Robinson. Frank Robinson should have been a Chicago Cub. That's a fascinating anecdote. At any rate, this is what has to happen with the Indianapolis Colts. You got to draft champions. You can't just draft guys. You can't draft traits. You have to draft people you can foresee playing and contributing in a meaningful way to a championship organization, a championship team, a championship roster. Same thing with coaches. And, and the Colts have not done that. They go out and they draft traits. And, and that's fine. You're going to be okay doing that, but you're never going to be great doing that. You have to get great players who are committed to winning together. And the Colts try to do that, I, but I think that they do it through analytics instead of through, man, that guy's a damn winner. you got to get winners. Winners win. Losers lose. And, and while that sounds very subjective, it is very subjective. Going out and getting winners. There's an art to scouting. It's not just science. It's not just math. It's not just 40 times. I talk about 40 times all the time myself. But you got to go get people who are wired to win. Look at championship franchises. Wired to win is a part of their DNA. The Colts have not had that historically. Can Anthony Richardson be that guy? Let's talk about the rookies, and let's talk about Anthony Richardson a little bit. Anthony Richardson hadn't played a hell of a lot of football. He started 13 games. Last year, he started 11 games. Florida was not great. Was Florida not great because Anthony Richardson, or was Florida not great because of the people surrounding Anthony Richardson? Is Florida one of those programs where they're just not wired to win? at this point. I think all three are absolutely true. Florida wasn't very good. Anthony Richardson didn't play winning football. And Florida as a program is not wired to win. That doesn't mean that Anthony Richardson can't win at the NFL level, that he can't win with the Colts. But he hadn't won yet. Is he going to become a winner? Sometimes that happens. We can hope that his traits will fit with these traits and this guy will, will become someone who covets winning at a level that compels him to be at the facility at 6 o'clock in the morning and not leave until 11 at night. If he becomes that guy, then you've got a chance. If Shane Steichen can lead him toward becoming that guy. Shane Steichen, you got to believe, knows a little bit about what it takes to win a championship. In that the Philadelphia Eagles at least made it to the Super Bowl 
right? Now, prior to that, Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator for the Eagles. The Colts hired him, and championships did not follow. That's the way it goes. But what rookies are those who can contribute to a championship culture in Indianapolis? Anthony Richardson, you better hope so. Because if you don't have a quarterback who can do that, you got no chance whatsoever to take down guys like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. My goodness, the really good quarterbacks in the AFC are stacked like cordwood, and that's why Anthony Richardson needed to be the fourth overall pick for the Colts because he had the top ceiling. You look at a guy like Will Levis, and and I know I don't mean to kick dirt on Will Levis, but he didn't want at any level. Not bad uh, in 2021 at Kentucky. 2022 didn't win. High school really didn't win. Didn't start, didn't play much at Penn State. Has never really been a winner. Is there a reason for that? Are his traits those of a non-winner? Uh, in the in the second round, you look at a guy like Juju Brents. Okay, Juju Brents at Kansas State. Is he going to be a contributor to a championship culture, a championship team? And it's not as easy as just going out to a winning team like Alabama, a winning program, and, or Ohio State, and saying, okay, you won at the college level. We're going to take your ass. That's not what it's about either. you got to be very picky about getting inside, under the hood, probing around and seeing the traits of winning football players. Uh, Josh Downs, people love Josh Downs at the Colts Complex. Reggie Wayne loves Josh Downs. Anthony Richardson loves Josh Downs. They all say the same thing. He's a dog. I hope that he is. He's going to have to be. And we had a comment yesterday that I thought was really smart talking about Michael Pittman Jr. and Alec Pierce right now being a two and a three as a wide receiver. And they are. Like these guys, look, the Indianapolis Colts, the quarterback position's been a disaster for a while. But the Indianapolis Colts weren't 4-12-1 only because of the quarterback position. Look, this is not a binary choice uh, where to cast blame. We tend to like to do that, right? We like to say this person is to blame and that person is not to blame or vice versa. It's Yes, Matt Ryan was not very good. Sam Ellinger was not very good. Nick Foles was not very good. Frank Reich, frankly, the, the bloom came off the rose. He was not a very good coach. Last year in particular, the offensive line was not very good. The receiver group was not very good. There was a lot of blame to go around. There were a lot of position groups where he appointed and said, that's not a very good group. So what the Colts do, Chris Ballard, as he is wont to do, did not go out and spend a lot of money in free agency. He believes in growing his own. But what he's grown to this point has been 4-12-1. And, and overall, over six seasons, 45-52-1. So where is where does the belief come from that all of a sudden this thing's going to pivot? Is this draft class so profoundly good that... The, the whole thing can turn on a dime, and all of a sudden you got a winning team with a chance to win a championship? That seems far-fetched. To be honest, I'm buying in because what the hell else are you going to do, right? Um, Juju Brents, 
Maybe, right? Then you've got you've got Darius Rush at the corner also. Maybe, right? They've got traits, but do they have it wired up here? And you could tell, look, Marvell Tell had traits, but he had no wiring to become a championship-level football player. You know, that's just the way this franchise has operated. And without changing the dogma, can you change the result? And I don't really think the dogma has changed much. I think they went out and got faster guys, minus Juju Brents with that 4-5-3-40. Blake Freeland, I think, is a guy Colts can count on to at least be athletic as an offensive lineman, and maybe that's enough. I think Bernard Ryman is a guy who could help. I think Bernard Ryman's going to be really, I think he's going to provide lift. If Shaquille Leonard and Jonathan Taylor are healthy, they provide some lift. But you have got to get lift. You can't just stand pat and say, we're just going to keep stacking draft classes the way we have in the past, and suddenly the switch is going to flip, and we're going to win a championship. you got to get championship-level players, which is not just about traits. Uh, Evan Hull. All right, maybe he can catch 55 balls out of the backfield like he did for Northwestern. Um, this this isn't interest. Will Mallory. Will Mallory's going to be all right, goodness sake. You know, but is he going to be good enough? Are these champion-level players? Uh, Daniel Scott, you know, the safety. Goodness sake, sixth, or fifth round out of Cal. Uh, Tommy, I don't know how to pronounce either his first name or his last name, fourth round. Sub-4540 as a defensive tackle. That's something. Goodness sake. Uh, Jake Witt. Titus Leo. I don't know. I'm hoping. But Anthony Richardson needs to be that guy, that bell cow that can drive this train through the uh, a tunnel where that light is an oncoming train or is it really light at the end of the tunnel? That's the question. Kelvin Sampson being interviewed by the Milwaukee Bucks for that head coaching position. Are you freaking kidding me? I'm still so, 15 years later, I'm furious still at Kelvin Sampson. And he's going to, he's mm, going to wind up coaching Giannis? Seriously. Uh, expect the Pacers to get busy, really busy. They've got uh, seven. 26, 29, 32, and 50. They don't need that many young players. They especially don't need the 26th best player in the draft, the 29th best player in the draft, and the 32nd player in the draft because that is not going to provide you the lift needed to climb out of where they're at and where they were was the seventh worst team in the NBA. You got to figure out a way to make a meaningful change. Uh, this is going to be an absolutely gorgeous day out at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I was out there yesterday. I'm going out there today. You know what? It is absolutely a beautiful, huge, wonderful place that is a, a living, operational racing museum slash speedway. It is awesome. And every single year you go out there and you just feel like, I'm back. You know, I'm kind of home. That I didn't grow up here, but as you're there year after year after year, it's the same people in the media center. It's the same people around the track, same people in the garage area. And it's really, it's kind of like summer camp in the month of May, all built around speed. And it is awesome.
let's celebrate some birthdays. I just love it out there. I got to tell you the truth. Ken Alexander selling a birthday in the badass of badasses at Lake Bluff Junior High School in 7th and 8th grade. The great Caitlin Norman celebrating a birthday. Every single year I tell the story, but Mr. Hastings was a wild man as a science teacher, and he tried to call her Kathy, and Kate wasn't having it. Like, Mr. Hastings was a World War II veteran and a hard ass. He's like, all right, Kathy Lenormand, Kate. All right, Katie. Kate. She got indignant. Loved her. Uh, Gregory Nowak. Intimidating enough, Kate was, and I never spoke to her. Like, that, that's who I was, is like an eighth grader. I was like, oh, if she's going to shout down John Hastings, I can't have anything to do with this woman. But from afar, a great admirer. Uh, Gregory Nowak, the great Chris Pruitt, lead guitarist for Uranium 235 back in the day, celebrating a birthday. Renee James, Dave Wisnowski, happy birthday. Denise Jekyll, and the great Jamie Sullivan. Jamie Sullivan telling people in Cleveland how it is in traffic, I think, or maybe she's in Washington, D.C. now. I don't know, but she's built a massive uh, media career and quite a presence in social media as well. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else that's best done with an honest and specific compliment. Lift each other. Don't pull each other down. Be good to each other. Treat each other with respect and empathy. Be decent. The radio show at 707, Two Big Brains, huge show yesterday. You have to catch that. All you have to do on YouTube, search Two Big Brains. Our channel, Dan Dockich and I, pops up. There are our giant melons, and from the giant melons become or come giant thoughts, which become must-see YouTube content. Uh, 707 Radio Show, like I said, WGCLRadio.com. This afternoon, we'll, we'll do a, uh, like a, a blink from out at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and then about 4 o'clock, right back here with Inside Indiana Sports Now.